is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. We're in the driver's seat with you. We're talking fantasy football with me, Josh, and over there through the power of the internet, we got Ben. Back at it. We're having a good time. We're talking about quarterbacks and tight ends, the two positions, which are, uh, what, what do we call them? The polarizing. onesies? Yeah. Onesies. They are a bit polarizing. It's, you know... For all the, the flack we give tight ends and sometimes quarterbacks, they are a fun time. Yeah. The the pain is what makes it fun. Yeah. It, listen, having an elite one, it, it's a you special f- feeling. You feel smarter than everyone else when you have a good one. I mean... I feel superior You don't necessarily need Kelsey. to be that smart. Yeah, it does not make you smarter because everybody knows Travis Kelsey's better than everybody else. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But having him feels so good. You walk into every lineup and go, I am better than you. <laughs> it's amazing because like the looking at flex. our It really is, because like I was I was pulling up the dynasty teams today and I was like, man. You know, it's a team that I don't have Travis Kelsey, but like the lineup is is pretty solid. It's, you know, up and down studs. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay. And then I look at Sleeper's projection for the team and I'm like, hey, that's the number two projection on the week in the entire league. Let's go. And then I go over there and I look at at Ben's team and at Ben's team's projection and it is 15 points higher than mine. And I'm like, how is that possible? Because he's got Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey will do that. Oh, and I thought I was doing good with Mark Andrews, but no. Nope. The gap is still enormous. And I got TJ Hawkinson on the bench. That feels I mean, good. That is the ultimate security <laughs> blanket. Good for you. Sh- should I celebrate this? I, I am. You don't have to, but I am. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we're talking about tight ends. We're talking about quarterbacks on this episode. But Smaller before we get into so all that. Pack them into one. It's digestible. This is the last of our rankings. Right. We're doing... Redraft, redraft rankings are final, over after this. Yeah, we're doing the final bit of rankings on this one. And then in the next one, we're going to hop into a mock draft with all of our rankings together. We'll do a little mock draft. And then the episode that I... It's my favorite episode of the year is here in a couple weeks. And yeah, uh, very, I don't know if I I'm should I'm looking forward it. to it. I don't know if I should say what it is, but it's amazing. Yeah. If you listen to the show, you'll be able to guess it, and you'll be able to guess people on it when you get to it, probably. Oh, yeah. I was already thinking today about like the guys that I would have on that episode, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Stay tuned. So anyways, we got some good stuff coming. But before we get into all of that fun stuff, we got some news to hop into. Training camp is in Stuff's full. starting to happen. Yeah, it, it stuff is flying left, right, and center. And uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So 
First and foremost, Javante Williams. We talked about him last week. He's been cleared for contact. He's ready to go. Starting with it's the a good full news. Send. This is ridiculous. Good grief. It truly blows no limitations. my mind because it it should not be possible. And there's not there's not like a hundred percent guarantee that he's, you know, gonna see everything week one, I guess. But the fact that uh, it was nine months ago, I think. Or maybe not nine months ago, probably ten months ago. Yeah, no destroyed it was, his it was knee. Nine months ago. Cleared for contact with no limitations. Full practice. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Um, I don't know. I know we did our running back rankings recently where we talked about Javante and we were like, you know, the health is a question mark. But like if he's if we know he's going to be healthy, let's say it was like starting week six or something. If he starts playing week one and gets ramped up and is ready to go, is close to 100 percent by week six. I mean, it's wheels up on Javante. He he's, is at that point. He's like a top moving up the rankings. Back. Yeah. So. He's a big riser for us. I know the injury is a little scary, but just the news is so positive right now. And, and, you know, we compared it to J.K. Dobbins' injury last year, but J.K. Dobbins did not have this level of positive uh, information out about him and his injury at this point in the season. In fact, it was all negative about uh, J.K. Dobbins. So this is, this is a bit of a different situation, I feel like. Yeah, very excited. Next, we got Anthony Richardson is getting all the starting reps in... Uh, he got all the reps with the ones in their most recent training camp practice. We're recording this uh, Tuesday, August 1st. So, things are trending right for uh, for old Anthony Richardson. It's really good news for Anthony Richardson. Still don't know if he's a good quarterback, but if he is playing, he's going to be good for fantasy. Yeah. And honestly, I look at it like Justin Fields was the worst passer in the NFL last season. Literally the worst. Maybe outside of Zach Wilson. <laughs> but he was the, like, one of the five worst passers in the NFL last season and was amazing for fantasy. Yeah. Spectacular. So, he does not have to be great. That's that's all I'll say about that. In some very sad news, yeah, this one's Tim too. Patrick tore his Achilles in practice uh, yesterday, which is now two consecutive season-ending injuries. brutal game Patrick. sometimes. Sometimes Some guys are just unlucky. Yeah. I, I didn't realize this, but he signed a three-year deal two years ago, and he Ooh. is likely not going to play a snap of regular season football on that deal. That is wild. Yeah. Absolutely sucks. I mean, he he signs the Feel deal, and then like a week Patrick. later in practice, rips his knee up, and then now a year later tears up his uh his Achilles. This one is also much harder to come back from too. Yeah, and then also the other part of it is um, KJ Hamler. I don't know if you've seen this, but KJ Hamler had like a heart defect or something, and he got waived by the Broncos. Wow. So Marvin Mims so, stock looking up. Yeah, literally all of Marvin Mims' competition in the receiver room has been deleted. It is back to Sutton and Judy, and now Marvin Mims. Yeah, so weird things going on over there in that high-altitude Denver. Uh, yeah. The Denver situation is a little, a little shysty. Yeah. Don't ever skip cartilage day. Always do that. 
<laughs> Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet are both injured in training camp practices for Fantastic. the Seahawks. And the best part of it is Charbonnet's injury apparently has come out of absolutely nowhere. Nobody knows what happened. And he's out indefinitely, they say. What, is, what does that mean? What did he do to be out indefinitely? Like, there was never no Pete breaking, Carroll. like, Charbonnet mispractice. Like, they didn't even tell us until I saw the story, and they're like, yeah, they haven't practiced for a few days. I'm like, what do you mean a few days? <laughs> Pete Carroll goes, yeah, it just kind of, like, snuck up on us. Like, you know, it was just, it just was this thing that kind of developed, and then, you know, now he's injured. It's like, wait, what? His shoulder same thing, just, like, started hurting? And same thing with Walker. He's got a groin injury. They didn't tell us yeah. he was missing time until the other day, and they said, like, yeah, he's missed, like, three or four practices. Like, that would have been nice to know. <laughs> Appreciate the heads up, Pete. Yeah. And they said it's a, a lingering thing that's going to keep him out a while. Again, what's love a while? I, I love how these young stud running backs are already dealing with injuries that are lingering that they will be dealing with for a significant amount of time. That's just lovely. Great. Good for, honestly, good for JSN. Because they're going to be throwing the ball. Listen, uh, yeah. I feel like they're going to be doing a whole lot of 11 personnel, a whole lot of three wide, and uh, JSN is going to... I don't understand how he's still being drafted in like the seventh or eighth round. Blows my mind. He's it's the easiest smash pick in the seventh round I've I can remember in recent memory. He's looking more and more like a thousand yard receiver. Yeah. Looks great. Yeah. Um DeAndre Swift has reportedly been lining up all over the field. I pushed for us to talk about which this. Which means <laughs> this is literally Ben said, Hey, we should talk about this. And I was like, this means nothing. Ben was like, let's do it anyway. Yeah. So we're doing it. It's a fluff piece. But he's it's he's lining up in when, slot passing situations. Maybe he'll finally get used like he's supposed to be used. Yeah, I don't think so, because this is the absolute definition of a puff piece. Lining up all over the field. This is a guy who attended one practice and was like, oh, Jodger Swift is like running around a little bit. He's lining up everywhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden. He's, he is that we, good. <laughs> we have DeAndre Swift mania happening in all your Looking in our league, you know, we're, I think one of our home leagues, I hope it is you and me in the championship. And I hope, you know, maybe there's been an injury or two for me and I got to start DeAndre Swift as my RB one or two. He goes out there, puts up 30 points, and he is the reason I beat you in the championship. Oh, that would suck so much. That would be That would just poetic. be awful. That would, which It'd league be, is this? Because you've got him in many leagues. Our first league. Okay. I only have him in two. Well, you're good. well it's the two that matter. Yeah, the two we paid the There's most There's levels to. to this. Yeah. Exactly. There's levels. You know, it, you having Swift in the main leagues is not the same as you having Swift in the league that you look at once a week to check waivers. Yeah. We'll see. I've got Swift in the league that I check once a week to do waivers. I check that. I've actually I'm put trying a to lot get rid more, of him. I put a lot more work into that league lately. I check it more than once a week. So we're up to three leagues that we care about. Yeah. I'm going to probably end up doing like 10, 10, 12 leagues this year and I'll probably only check like 
three of them. Yeah, I'm going to do a lot more best ball than I did uh, in the in years past because I don't have time to check 20 leagues. I, I need to do some best ball. That's that's another thing that like I have I have been itching to hop into a best ball dynasty league, and I just have not found one yet. I almost feel like dynasty league's kind of cheating with best ball. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I mean, I feel like a best ball dynasty league would be super fun in that you don't have like the grind. But yet you do have the grind because you're still making the trades and everything, and I think it changes up how you approach trading when it's best ball. That's fair. Um, That's fair. And I feel like you would care more about waivers too, because like, you I'm, know, if I'm a just guy betting on upside. Is, yeah, like if a guy is on waivers that just happens to have upside, and you snag him, and he ends up in your lineup that week. I mean, that's a smash. I doubt that ever happens, but you know. I don't know. We'll see. It increases no, the variables. Fun. Tell me if you do that. I might join. Fair enough. Uh, okay. We need to talk about... I mean, the running back situation has gotten... Elephant in the room. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about it anymore, but the timeline of Jonathan Taylor's weekend was interesting, to say the least. Apparently, he... What was it? He, he supposedly requested a trade... <clears throat> Then had a meeting with Jim Ursay in his no, see, bus. I think what happened was the Colts said they're not going to extend him, and they told him they weren't going to extend him. He had a meeting with Jim Ursay, a private meeting, where I think Ursay pretty much reiterated the same thing. We're not going to extend you, blah, blah, blah. After that meeting, that's when he requested the trade. Then Ursay came out saying... Under no circumstances are we trading Jonathan Taylor. That's when the ridiculous quote came out where he's like, if I die and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, nobody's going to care. And then it came out that they're going to put him on the non-football injury list for an apparent back injury that he suffered in some kind of training. And like a few hours later, Jonathan Taylor said, that's absolutely not true. I don't have a back injury. I don't know where that information is coming from. It is a mess right now. It's wild in Indianapolis. I mean, imagine your owner being like, if I died and Jonathan Taylor was drummed out of the league, nobody would miss us. Like, No, I'm oh not playing for gosh. you either. No, I'm not playing for you. Good grief. There's no I chance mean, I is... play for you. Jonathan Taylor is the Colts best player their their best player and Jim Irsay is just so flip because he doesn't care. and they haven't even offered him a contract it's not like they offered him something and he turned it down they haven't even offered him one they and said they're not going he's to eligible for one I don't yeah, get they're it. not gonna they're I, not gonna offer him like I mean I understand that he might be too expensive for them like maybe he wants 15 million a year okay maybe that's too expensive for them they haven't even offered him 10 11. <laughs> they haven't offered him Jack. Give him something. like Other than coming out and just saying, say no I'm to. not going to extend you, and then expect you to give it your all after this season, that you're like, I'm done with you after this year, but you better go out there and play. Jeez. What's crazy about it is the, uh, the reports, and I don't know how much you can put stock in these, but reports are that there's a bunch of teams that are willing to trade capital for him and then also extend him. 
And I've seen the Chiefs come up as a potential landing spot for the him. The Chiefs come up every time there's a good player on the market, though. That is true. They came up with Hopkins. They come up with all these guys. Yeah, and I mean, I would not expect... Like, a Super Bowl-winning team doesn't need to go acquire a running back. It would certainly help the I, offense. I don't know. That would be a good move, though. Like, yeah, you, but... You, you can't pay a first from him, but, like, I'll pay you a second and a fifth-round pick for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, but then you got to go pay him, and that's the part where it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna send that for him and say he wants sixteen million a year, I mean you just got to give him sixteen million a year, and that's not something that I would want to do, you know, unless it's Christian McCaffrey. I don't know. We'll see. I I've I've never unless, seen anything like this. I haven't either. I mean, this is truly nuts because, like, you know, there's J.K. Dobbins out here. He's mad. Uh, Nick Chubb has said that he wants a new contract. He's not going to get it. Chubb is not going to get a contract. Chubb, he won't. Like, he's probably the best running back in the NFL. He will not get a second. He won't get a third contract or whatever it is. Yeah. And here's – let's just find a little positive. Say the Colts break down and decide to trade him. Where you want to see him go? I know where I want to see him. I hadn't really thought about this. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to see him go? I want to see him, preferably my top two choices would be Miami and Minnesota. I think those would both I was be thinking excellent Minnesota. landing spots. And then obviously the Bills, because having him as a hammer back there would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Minnesota, but... Um, Yeah. I mean, imagine though, imagine John, and and I know this would not be good for fantasy, but like imagine Jonathan Taylor behind the, um, the Lions offensive line. Oh my gosh. Like that's just, that's 1900 yards waiting to happen. Yeah. David Montgomery's done at that point. (laughs) Monty's out. I know Jameer Gibbs is there and I, and I know they value the running back position. You know, we, we know they value it. They, they, they paid up for one, but good grief, that would be something. Yeah, Monty's out. Uh, the final bit of news here is Joe Burrow strained his calf in practice, and the whole world paused. We were terrified. Ben, you were shaking in your boots. I, I do. I own Burrow in one of our main leagues. Really need him to be good this year. You're heavily invested in this Bengals offense, and yeah. uh, Joe Burrow... Tearing his Achilles would not help matters. Fortunately, it is not a torn Achilles. Yeah, fortunately, he's going to be ready week one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just panic, a The panic was such that we had people messaging us like, you know, what should I do with Jamar Chase? And it's like, keep him. The he's, same you were already going to do. Chase. He's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, Joe Burrow is going to play week one. You're fine. I'm not concerned at all. He'll, he'll be fine. We forget Joe Perot had his appendix out in training camp last year. He, was he did the not QB play six last year. Is that right? Yeah, he didn't do any of the off season last year. It it was deleted, and then he played the regular season. It was awesome. So he's fine. He's gonna be okay, guys. Everybody, calm down. He'll be all right. Okay. S- since we're on the quarterback subject, why don't we hop into our composite list of quarterbacks? Again, this is not my list or just Ben's list, but it, it's our Put list. Put our list together. These are where they all average out. 
we are Groot. And that's how we got our quarterbacks. Um, let's just start things off at number one. The man himself. It's Mr. Josh Allen. My boy. <laughs> I don't know if this is surprising to some or just what should happen. I have no idea. But we we are very high on Josh Allen. We're high on the rushing floor that he's got, uh, but also the elite passing floor that he has as well. So he is like, if Jalen Hurts threw the ball a ton, that's that was what Josh Allen was. Yeah. I think his injury hurt him a little bit more than I think people realize toward the end of last year. I mean, he was absolutely on a roll the first before that injury happened. There's the drama with Stefan Diggs. I think they're past that now. They've got James Cook as their leading passing back. They bring in Dalton Kincaid. They booster the offensive line. Things are set up for Josh Allen to just not really get back on track. He's just keep things going. He was the quarterback two last year. After back-to-back seasons of being the quarterback one, I he's just going to keep going. Yeah, and I guess to further that point, he was a top five fantasy scorer or a top five quarterback each of the first six weeks last year. Yeah. So, I mean, he was delivering for fantasy every single week, and the injury hurt him. But, you know, after week 13, it was QB9, QB2, QB4, QB3. So... Still balling. Still was incredible. I mean, he had a a middling stretch there for a little bit, but like his rushing floor allowed him to still be incredibly effective for fantasy, even when he wasn't throwing the ball incredibly well, even when the offense wasn't humming. Um, you know, he, he, he's very good. He averaged 24 points a game last year. There's really only one other quarterback that has been as accomplished for fantasy as Josh Allen. And that's Patrick Mahomes. It is Allen and Mahomes are, two of the best fantasy quarterbacks we've ever had, and they're just happening to play together. In the past five seasons, both of them have had two QB1 finishes. The other one was Lamar Jackson. It's bonkers. That is unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback to average 25 fantasy points per game in three seasons. Or he's one of two. He's one of two quarterbacks to average 25 fantasy points per game in three seasons. The other one to do it is Josh Allen. Needless to say, these two guys. And funnily enough, Patrick Mahomes is not our quarterback too. He's not, but you He's know, not. and it feels bad. I personally haven't ranked it too, but since I it's am a the reason list, he's down here, we have Jalen Hurts at two, and it's Ben's fault. Yeah. To be fair, I have him at three. If you want to be, if you want to, if you want to make yourself feel better, we can have these guys as tiers. It's Allen Mahomes. Fair bar. enough. Pick whichever yeah, one they you are, want of those three. They are one tier. Alex Mahomes. They are incredible. Sorry. Let me read you these finishes for Jalen Hurts because they are equally insane. He has one. No, he has two finishes outside the top six. Well, three if you factor in week 18. But outside of week 18, two finishes outside the top six quarterbacks last year. Insanity. QB4, QB3, QB2, 15, 3, 12, 2, 6, 4, 6, 2, 1, 2, 1. 
So what you're saying Jalen Hurts basically finishes as a top five quarterback every single week. He had three weeks outside of the top six. He had 15 points against Jacksonville, 18 points against Dallas, and week 18, where they already had the one seed up, he was quarterback 24. Yep. Every other week, he's the top six quarterback. Absolutely incredible. That is bonkers. And it's probably going to be more of the same, if not a little bit better, now that they've paid him, now that Miles Sanders has moved on. I mean, we know that in short-yarded situations around the goal line, Jalen Hurts is the goal line back. But also, there's a very real possibility that they view the offense as a passing offense moving forward, Um, at least in the sense that like they were one of the most run-heavy offenses a year ago. And they might say, okay, we've got A.J. Brown, we've got Devonta Smith, we've got Goddard. We just paid Hurts. We need to start letting Hurts win more with his arm, even though he's still going to be incredibly effective with his legs. Like, There's, I think, room for Hurts to grow as a fantasy producer, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So he is our number two. He's incredible. Um And equally incredible, but maybe just a slight little step behind is Patrick Mahomes at three. We don't have him as a, you know, oh no, he's three. Like he was the QB one last year. He was incredible. He has been consistently incredible for fantasy and he's probably the QB one in dynasty. Oh yeah. Dynasty. Definitely. It kind of depends on your scoring format too, for, for redraft. Yeah. If it's a four point passing league, definitely. Hurts and Allen over him, no question. Five points, it's a little bit more of a conversation. If you put him over Hurts, I won't argue with you. If we're doing six point, I'd probably have him at one. Yeah. Tr- uh, truly, because, you know, he's probably going to throw for 35 plus touchdowns. He could go up to like 50. Yeah. So we've seen it. It, before. it could be. It could be any range of those, and he was over 40 last year. What did he have? Did he have 46 last year? Was that what it was? I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't but remember. It was a lot. It was a bunch. A lot. And he was the MVP, and they won the Super Bowl. So, And he did it all without a true wide receiver one. I mean, it was Travis Kelsey and honestly just a bunch of Jags. He threw for 41 touchdowns last year, 5,200 yards. That's and crazy. he runs the ball more than you think. He had 350 yards rushing and four touchdowns. That He I mean, consistently he, gets 300 yards rushing a year. Yeah. It's it's his improvisational sort of style that it allows him to extend plays. And he just he runs the ball, like you said, a lot more than you would think. Like I remember a couple years ago there was the um I think I blindly thought that Justin Herbert ran the ball more than Mahomes. And this was no, 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 prior that, to this past season. You thought that Herbert didn't run the ball at all. And then I told you oh, no, was he actually runs it as much as Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I had that argument reversed in my head. I remember that argument because we were like re- during recording, and I'm sitting here like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Herbert only runs for like 90 yards a year. I'm like, "No, yes, he does." <laughs> and then he got his ribs broken, and he yeah. Stopped last running. year was different. I am throwing out last year for Herbert. <laughs> Number four. Not Herbert. We've got. <laughs> Not Herbert. <laughs> We've got. We Lamar keep doing Jackson. this. We talk about a guy later on the list. Like, <laughs> psych. It's not him. 
It's Lamar Jackson. And uh, I don't know how... I know... So, in our personal rankings, we both had Lamar Jackson at four. So, him being at four in the composite, there's... There is no... not Neither one of us is pulling the other to a higher ranking for Lamar Jackson. We equally love him. I think I have a feeling that I'm higher at four on Lamar Jackson than you are at four yeah, on Lamar Jackson. Probably. But we both love him. I think, I think we're kind of at a tier break. Mahomes, Allen, Hurts are are probably the head of the pack. Then I think these next four guys are all fairly interchangeable, but I think Lamar has the highest probably weekly ceiling of all these guys, which yeah. is why in a one-quarterback setting, I would have him here. Yeah. Yeah, he – I mean, he's got 40 points per week as a possibility, and I, I love the guys that are behind him, but it – I mean, they have hit 40 before, but it just doesn't feel as perennially, you know, possible as it is with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I could, I could, maybe I'm just imagining painting the picture of Lamar Jackson differently. You and I, you and I picture different things when we think of these quarterbacks. You think of injuries. Yeah. I, I do think of injuries. I think. Um, I think guys like Herbert and Burrow are far safer on a week-to-week basis. Um, they're probably going to, their bad games may not be as bad as Lamar's. Honestly, we've seen Lamar can have a few stinkers here and there. Yeah. But new offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, added Zay Flowers, hopefully a healthy Rashad Bateman. They bring in Odell, so better weapons than he's had. New OC, as long as he stays healthy, Four is I'm perfectly happy taking him here. Yeah, that's the key. They bring in new weapons. They bring in a new offensive scheme that is going to be a lot more pass-centric than it has been in years past. A lot more. And they finally have weapons that they can run an offense like that. And it's it's not just that they brought guys in. Like, the dudes they brought in are legitimately good. I mean, you already had Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. And I I feel like Rashad Bateman is a good NFL receiver but he's just struggled with injuries and hasn't been able to stay on the field. He has produced when he's been on the field. But you've also got Odell Beckham, who, I mean, you know, he's also dealt with his own injuries and he's getting older. So how much can you expect him to still be that guy? I don't know. But I do know that his last full season, granted it was a few years ago, he was really good uh, with Cleveland. And then he was also very solid for the Rams in their Super Bowl run, uh, even though he didn't like jump off the stat sheet at you necessarily. Um, he was going to be the Super Bowl MVP before he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. So I do think that Odell still has something there. And Zay Flowers has apparently been the best receiver in camp for them. He's been incredible. I think he's going to hit receivers a lot more this year. Not like Mark Andrews is bad. He's still going to be great. But I think with the offensive coordinator, you're going to see Lamar stretch the field more and hit some receivers now rather than Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, and every now and then the Devin DuVernay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I still think Andrews gets targeted a bunch, but I think you're going to see Andrews running a little bit more of a varied route tree. But you're also going to see receivers stretching the field. um, And you're going to see, like... You're just... I mean, for one, you're just going to see competent wide receiver play outside of Mark Andrews, and he's not a receiver. You're also going to see an offense that tries to spread the ball around 
and spread the defense out a little bit, which they just haven't done in years past. They've been so run-focused that they just funnel everything to the tight end and the running backs. Yeah, and with the concerns with J.K. Dobbins, Melvin Gordon is not all that, so Lamar will probably be the top rusher again. Yeah, this is is a good spot for him. Yeah. Uh, At five, we've got Justin Fields. Again, Um, rushing. Yeah, it is. He... He was on pace. Was it 1,200 yards last year that he was on pace for? Yeah. He was unbelievable. I picked him up off of waivers at one point, and he was unbelievable. Yeah. (laughs) Justin Fields was like a complete fantasy revelation last year, and he did it while not playing that well on the actual NFL field. being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. It blows my mind. It's just the power of rushing. I think he's he a better be. like, quarterback. You, you bring in DJ Moore. He's got I think DJ Moore's got to make an impact on him. Yeah. I would imagine so. I know it's help on the offensive line which he desperately needed last year. Yeah. We've talked I think about the narrative of like adding a stud receiver and what it does to the quarterback. Um and I think it you know, we've brought up AJ Brown. We've brought uh, we brought up Stephon Diggs going to Josh Allen to Jalen Hurts. And I don't think DJ Moore is to that he's, level he's of an guys. upgrade. Yeah. But I do think that he can help elevate a league-worst passing offense to potentially be league average. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think with Justin Fields we should project him to all of a sudden be a great passer. But I think we can project him to not be the worst passer while still also having some of that weekly rushing upside that he had a year ago. Absolutely. And again, two fantasy scoring will come into context here. Four-point passing touchdown, easily Lamar and Hurts over our next two guys, or Lamar and Fields over these next two guys. Five and six point, I think I have these two guys over both of them. Fair enough. I don't... I feel like um, Lamar maybe still stays up there in five. I think, yeah. But six point, I think these next two guys skip both of them. Yeah, I sort of view five, six, and seven for us as kind of the same, but uh, six and seven are very similar, and Justin Fields is just like a different style, um, and we just tend to prefer rushing upside with fantasy quarterbacks. But at number six, we talked about Keep him briefly, about Justin Herbert. It's not really hiding anything. We probably know the next no. two guys. You probably do. It's it's Herbert at six, though, for us. And I think I'm probably pulling this ranking up a little bit. Yeah. I had Burroughs at seven. I think I had him at five when we did this. Yeah, and I had I had Herbert at five. So yeah, I, I feel like, and we can probably talk about Herbert and Burrow in sort of the same breath because I think they are a similar archetype of NFL quarterback, um, but for somewhat different reasons because Joe Burrow is, I think, like the second best quarterback in the NFL. He also has two dominant outside receivers. Yes. Um, so they they throw the ball an above average amount, but not the most in the NFL. Um, I think it comes and just up this on year. efficiency. I, it probably does come up a little bit this year. Especially, but like with, on efficiency yeah. and touchdowns, you know Joe Burrow gets a lot of production. Justin Herbert throws the ball more than anybody else in the NFL, he and they score a lot of points. Yeah. So there's also the um, 
the element added in of the Chargers adding Kellen Moore, who has basically just churned out top five offenses in Dallas. So bringing Quentin Johnston. You finally, you find Herbert finally has a loaded receiver room. I think I, you know, Mark Andrews, uh, not Mark Andrews, gosh, uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Mike Williams. They have injury injury histories. You can probably count on them missing some games, but yeah, going into it, Herbert's ceiling. I think you can throw away last year with his injury plus others. His offensive line is healthy again. I think Her Herbert gets back to what we saw in 2021. I'm curious, do you, and this is a little bit of an aside, but do you see Quentin Johnston having the ability to take over as the team's number one, even if Keenan Allen or Mike Williams get hurt? Or uh, don't get hurt, sorry. Or don't get hurt, Not no. If they no, are okay. both healthy, no, I do not see him as being the one. Okay, so that's like a 0% possibility yes, for you. but he's a solid okay. three. I view it as a non-zero percent chance that that could happen, but low but it's, still non-zero yeah. i'm not gonna say zero but like it's it's gonna take a lot i think keen is one of the most skilled receivers in the league and mike williams is quentin johnston just older no they're different to me they're very different because quentin johnston i mean it's a whole different thing but like quentin johnston he's the slot that also happens to be one of the better yak guys that was in this past draft whereas mike williams is not a yak guy he's a jump ball guy um, and Quentin Johnson is that, but he's not, he's not really a jump ball guy the way that Mike Williams is. And Mike Williams is definitely not the like after the catch guy that Quentin Johnson is. I don't know if you watched Mike Williams in high school and as a game or in college <laughs> as a Gamecock fan, I saw him catch the ball and then carry three defenders in the end zone. So you want to talk to me about yak. <laughs> That's a little, that was a little bit different. Freaking there. disrespectful. <laughs> Um, at seven, we've got Burrow and we kind of just went through it, but I would argue him higher. I know you would. Ben is a truther. I'm a Herbert truther too. I personally would argue them over Lamar and Fields. If I'm in a room by myself, I can talk myself into Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow out there. (laughs) You know, I mean, I, you can talk me into Burrow and Herbert over fields. And, you know, I'm not going to have any reservations about doing that. It's just the rushing. And these two guys have a lower rushing ceiling. It is lower. But I think I think Joe Burrow runs a little bit more than we realize, especially he's, he's finally off that knee injury. He's like a 250 yards per year kind of guy. It's like just enough yeah, that you can say he has a little bit of it. Five rushing touchdowns, two, 250 coming off that knee. He's he's a lot better than he was. Yeah. And, and Herbert, I feel like, is like a 300 to 350 kind of ru- years yeah. or yards rushing as, you know, when he's healthy. But uh, just obviously when he's not healthy, it's with different. With those receiving weapons, yeah. 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns are in the realm of possibilities. Yeah. The only knock, and I'll say it for both of them, and we saw it with Herbert this past year, if the touchdowns don't come, they will end up being a disappointment. So if you have a season where you have an outlier year with Burrow, where instead of 40, he throws for 27, 
you're going to be like, oh, Burrow threw for 4,700 yards but only had 27 touchdowns, finished as like the QB9. What's up with that? It's just the touchdowns fluctuate. And so, you know, it's not that Burrow had a bad season necessarily. It's just yeah, like could do the touchdowns the didn't Bowl, quite probably. come. Right. So I think you got to view Herbert and Burrow as they, they do have risk in that if the touchdowns don't necessarily happen the way you would hope, they end up being a disappointment. Yeah. All right, at eight, tier break. we've got Trevor Lawrence. Big tier break, uh, but Trevor Lawrence at eight. I think Trevor could jump into this tier, though, this year. I agree. I would view Trevor Lawrence as being the last elite quarterback that I'm actively pursuing in drafts. Yeah, I feel good if Trevor Lawrence is my quarterback going into the year. Yeah, so in a lot of the mock drafts I've been doing this offseason, I've been ending up with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert in the fifth round. Yeah, I'm, and I'm okay with that. And my main thing I'm excited for is, we said it on the receiver li- on the receiver episode. I am calling my shot that Herbert or at uh, Lawrence getting Calvin Ridley is reminiscent of Allen getting Diggs, and he's going to level up this year. Mm. I could certainly see it. I mean, Calvin Ridley last time we saw him was a consensus top six or seven wide receiver in the NFL. Probably the best route runner, at least we considered him, along with Devontae Adams, one of the best route runners in the NFL. I've got I've got Adams, Diggs, and Ridley as the best route runners in the league. That's how good he so, is. So yeah. There you go. He's he's an incredible receiver. Um training camp video, albeit they have been highlights, but it looks like Calvin Ridley is back and better than Did ever. Did you see the video of Zay Jones running a route and then Ridley running a route? <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. That is the difference between, and Zay Jones is a good receiver. That is the difference yeah. between a wide receiver three and a guy who truly has top five potential when you see that video. Yeah, it, if you haven't seen it, basically Zay Jones runs like a 10-yard in. And it's a, it's a and pretty he, clean It's route. a good route. It's fine. Calvin Ridley runs it, and it's like you sped him up. Like you put him on one and a half times speed when he's running the route. Like it's crazy how fast he runs. Snaps it off, and he like... When he stops and makes the cut, it's like just twice as fast as, as Zay Jones could do it. It's like watching a guy run the 40 who runs 4-7 and then watching John Ross run the 40. That's what it looked like. And I get it's, I mean, speed-wise, it's probably not that big a difference. But Ridley, he just takes more strides, I guess. And It's the quickness. Yeah, he's, he's far more, it's explosiveness. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. He's more yeah. explosive than anybody else on the team. So and that's I mean, what a top, Trevor Lawrence, a, a top five receiver, can do that. Not a wide receiver three, right? And you know, Trevor Lawrence in this offense with Doug Peterson, he was very solid last year as a fantasy quarterback and in real life with Christian Kirk, with Zay Jones, with Evan Ingram. But now, if you add in Calvin Ridley, who has thirteen hundred yards, as you know, very possible in his range of outcomes. You add that in, and it just sort of levels up the overall offense. Um, the offensive line maybe isn't you know a top ten unit like you would hope, uh, but they've got weapons everywhere. Uh, they got Travis Etienne. They added Tank Bigsby as well. So I, I sort of view Trevor Lawrence as being certainly capable of leveling up to like forty five hundred yards and thirty five touchdowns. If you miss out on the top guys like we talked about, get Trevor Lawrence. 
at nine, I feel like we have another tear break, and yeah. we're talking Trevor's about kind of in his Tua Tagovailoa. Tua's I mean, probably benefiting from weapons more than anybody else on this list. Oh, yeah. If if Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waller are not there, Tua may not be on this list. <laughs> but he fits so well into Mike McDaniel's system with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Like, he just go get the ball to those guys. He's going to have fantasy success because they're going to score. Yeah. I will say... I haven't been drafting Tua, and it's probably over concerns over his health, the head injuries last year. I mean, he's, he's I mean, it, healthy it, right now. He is, you know, and he got the full sleeve tattoo, so he's he's on he's looking like the Rock right yeah. now. Dwayne Johnson season income. <laughs> he's he's about to up to level up, I guess. But um, you know, the injury part of it aside, he was incredibly efficient. He averaged. What was it like the most yards per attempt in the NFL last year? Probably. Having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will do that for you. And Mike McDaniel knowing how to scheme those guys and Tua just put it where you need to put it and let them do and the rest. And they have and it's not just the receivers either. The the offensive line is solid and in the backfield, they have probably two of the fastest humans in the NFL as well in Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain. They still where, have Jeff Wilson, too, don't they? Yeah. And Jeff like, Wilson Tua, is not slow. No. Tua, Tua, with these running backs, can literally dump a pass off that turns into a 60-yard touchdown. Like, there's big plays all over the place in this offense, and Tua doesn't have to be anything spectacular uh, for the big plays to the come. He's probably the best... The highest ceiling game manager we've seen in the NFL. Yeah. He doesn't need to be good. Like He's Jimmy G back there if Jimmy G could throw six touchdowns in a game. If Jimmy G would ever throw the ball deep, it would be Tua. Yeah. Like if Geno Smith was the quarterback for this Miami Dolphins team, we'd be talking about Geno Smith right here. Yeah. So, yeah. Tua at nine. At ten, we've got Dak Prescott. Not sexy, but he's still top 10. Yeah, I mean, he's, just like you said, not sexy, but he's top 10. He had a little bit of an injury bug, or not injury bug, he had an interception bug last year. And an injury bug, both of them. And also an injury bug. <laughs> uh, but they added Brandon Cooks in the offseason to kind of fill out the wide receiver room. They already had CeeDee Lamb, who was a stud. I would like to refer back to PFF. I sent oh, you no. this post. You probably said something, but it like ranked the NFC sap or West, whatever division they're in, like rank the or each team's most valuable non quarterback. And so for like Oh yeah. Um the Eagles it was I don't remember, it was like Fletcher Cox or AJ Brown or something. Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. I don't agree with it, but sure, I'm okay with that one. For the Lions it was uh, I don't remember Saquon Barkley. I think then for you mean the Giants, the Giants, the <laughs> Giants. Yeah, Saquon got traded to the Lions. Surprise! And then, Whoa. but then they got they got to Dallas, and you know you got Micah Parsons, you get Ceedee yeah. Lamb, Tony Pollard. No, they picked Brandon Cooks as the most valuable <laughs> non-quarterback on the team. So Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons doesn't exist. Ceedee Lamb oh. must have died. Tony Pollard's dead. You I don't even me? know how to, I don't know how, how you do can you explain justify that, that? Away. 
I don't know. I just, that makes no sense. How do you to get me. a writer position there? I'll take one. You could because if you just pulled something out of your butt, like Brandon Cooks is the most valuable non-quarterback on the Cowboys, then you could get a spot. He's not at PFF. even the most valuable receiver they've got. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Anyway, side back rant. At 10. Side rant. Oh, oh, gone. <laughs> um. I don't know. I've got some slight reservations about the offense. Um, but, I mean, he does have CeeDee Lamb. I think Brandon Cooks is still a good receiver. The offensive line is still solid. And they've got Tony Pollard. So, like, Who how bad can passes? the offense be? It's it's not going to be a bad offense. It's not going to be as good as it was under Kellen Moore. But it'll, it'll be fine. But it was still... I mean, last year they were the number one scoring team in the NFL. So, if, if they're worse, I mean... They're probably going to have to be worse <laughs> because yeah. you can't be better. Um, they were incredible the past like three years. So, you know, they could drop to be like the number 10 offense in the NFL, and Dak could end up going for like 27 touchdowns instead of maybe like 35 40, yeah. like he had been doing there for a little bit. So, yeah, Dak at 10, he's still, he's like, he feels like a maybe a slightly juiced up version of Kirk Cousins. A juiced Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> at 11 we've got Deshaun Watson admittedly it feels a little weird feels a little bad but also having him on the list feels a little weird feels a little bad I think he's gonna bounce back and have a good season I do too I mean we've got him at 10 but realistically where does he finish probably not at 10 I think he finishes higher than that yeah I, I think the days I mean last time he was playing he was a top five quarterback I don't think yeah. he gets back there, but I no. see, I can see a world where he finishes seven or eight. I could absolutely see that, and yeah. you know, you might be thinking like, well, if you ranked him at ten, that means you think he's going to finish at ten, and like, not necessarily, because these rankings are more like, what is the most likely outcome, instead of the, you know, the plus plus outcome or the minus minus outcome. For me, like most likely for Deshaun Watson is a top ten finish, but nothing spectacular. But I do think that with him, there's like a, a 35% chance he's a top seven quarterback. Yeah. You know, I mean, a, a, a sizable amount. Amari Cooper, they say he's great. Elijah Moore finally steps into his own. You've got David Njoku there. Still a good offensive line. Maybe involve Chubb. Chubb a little bit more as a pass rusher. Yeah. I mean, and Deshaun can run the ball. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is Deshaun was a pretty decent, like a 400 yards a year kind of rusher. Uh, for about a three-year stretch. And, and he then, was throwing you know, for 4,500 yards a year. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I think we forget how good a quarterback he was on a very bad team. Yeah, he was fantastic. But at the same time, I don't want to mention his name. Yeah. Don't necessarily Which, want yeah. him. Doesn't feel good, but he'll be a solid quarterback for you. In the ninth round this year, he just feels like I have to take it. That's a smash. Number 12, we got Kirk Cousins. Let's go. Mr. Uh, Mr. Chains himself. Kirk's that man. Kirk is that guy. They Star bring... of the quarterback documentary. That was a good show, by the way. Did you see? I still haven't watched they, it. Uh, you haven't watched it? Not yet. I'm stuck on Formula One, man. Uh, they've announced. I actually need to watch that, too. Somebody, I talked to somebody about that the other day. said it was really good. Yeah, super good. But uh, they've announced season two, and it's going to be Joe Burrow on it. 
No way. Yes. That's going to be did good. Did Herbert get on it? Not. They haven't announced yet. They, they've only said one, and it's going to be Burrow so far. No. Probably two more. But that's I heard be that cool Herbert potentially would be on it, and if Herbert I would, and Burrow were on oh it, I would my crap gosh, my pants. Dude. <laughs> at, at that point, don't like like they had the superstar quarterback. They had kind of the mid level quarterback and Cousins, and then the journeyman and Mariota. Go yeah. th- three top ones. Go get Allen, Herbert, and Burrow. Oh my goodness! That would be exciting. Oh my goodness! I would lose my mind. That aside, Kirk Cousins is the final guy in our top twelve, and. He's probably the most consistently good quarterback that you don't want to draft in fantasy football yeah. over the past four years. He is the always, all right, I didn't get a good quarterback. Screw it. I guess I'll get Kirk Cousins. And he ends up being good for you. He was quarterback I mean, 14 three last years year. in a row. I have, I have drafted Kirk Cousins as a punt quarterback three years consecutively, and I have been just fine yeah, you'll be with okay. Kirk Cousins. Like, I mean, last year... I made it to the championship in one of our dynasty leagues because I punted on quarterback. I took Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins in a super flex league. And then I grabbed Geno Smith with like the last pick in the draft, ended up making it all the way to the championship because I just didn't draft quarterbacks early. Yeah. And your other positions were set and he'll be, he'll be just fine. And guess what? He's got still got Justin Jefferson, who people are projecting him to go for 2,000 yards this year, which is very possible. He's the best yeah. receiver in the league, probably. You got TJ Hawkinson, who's a top three tight end, I think, in for real life football. And they just add first round receiver Jordan Addison. Yeah. So the passing can only be better. It, it really only, yeah. It can only go up from here. Um, we do have a couple other names that we want to mention as guys that, uh, like, if you're in a draft and, you know, in my case, if I miss Trevor Lawrence, I'm considering punting the position and just going for later round guys, and I'll just load up on wide receivers and running backs. Yep. And usually at that point, I will either grab like Kirk Cousins or one of these others, um, and just roll with them as my quarterback, but. You know, give us a couple of these names here that if you're going to punt, try to look to grab these guys. Yeah, if this is probably the biggest upside punt, um, Anthony Richardson, assuming he starts, everything's pointing to him starting. You prob- I think you had him at 12. I was the one probably a little bit lower on him. Um, still just because I don't, I don't know if he's going to be 100% sure of the starter. But we'll see. But the upside is there. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson here, he's definitely got top 12 upside baked in. Um, a couple other names that I'm looking at. Daniel Jones, I know you're a little higher on him than I am. I do like him as a punt quarterback, but um, I think a lot of people view him right now as uh, like the 12th guy, maybe. I, I don't mind it, honestly. I don't hate it. He's got the rushing um, upside. They got Darren Waller. He's got, I mean, Saquon's coming back. New contract. They believe in him. It's his time. Yeah. Uh, a couple other guys, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson. They were traded for one another, and I think right now I would prefer Geno Smith in fantasy. Feels bad, but that's where we're at. Yep. Not too much to say. 
upside's there for both of them. Got weapons. Um, G- Russ has got a new coach. We'll see. We shall see. All right, let's let's do a little tight end speed run here because yeah, not really a, not only a whole lot six or seven of them. Yeah, the, you know, six or seven of them are good. The rest of them suck. Honestly, eight on, I don't want any of them anyway. So, you know, who cares? But running through the tight ends, number one, big surprise, Travis Kelsey. I don't get mad at you if you take him mid to late first round in drafts. He's great. Yep. Next two. Uh, number two. <laughs> Mark Andrews at number two. Um, again, I don't think this is crazy stuff. I, I think it is. You're probably the highest on TJ Hawkinson of anybody I know, and you still have Mark Andrews at two. Yeah, I'd have Mark Andrews at two. I think they're kind of interchangeable. I, I would prefer Mark Andrews still, but I think TJ Hawkinson is going to be fantastic. I think they're kind of in a tier of their own after Kelsey's in tier one then it's Andrews and Hawkinson here and then there's a tier break after them yeah again I think we talked about the the Ravens offense a little bit we didn't talk about Hawkinson a ton and the uh the offense with Kirk but, I mean if you, know, if you he, want to talk about Hawkinson I'll talk about Hawkinson <laughs> he got force-fed a bunch at the end of last know, year I'm a big fan he he He's on it. He's ascending. Still in his actually rookie contract, he'll get signed to a big one by the Vikings, I think. But he's been ascending the whole time. The trade really didn't make sense. What the Lions did there, I don't. I don't get it. But he hits the ground running with a brand new offense. Like it, you would expect a tight end switching. He's got to learn the new blocking schemes, learn the new routes, what they want to do. No, he he went to Minnesota. Immediately started having nine, ten targets a game. I'm not too concerned about Jordan Addison. Like, I, it's going to impact him some. I get that. But I think he's still going to have a huge workload there. Kirk loves tight ends. Kirk trusts him already. He's going to be really good. Yeah, I think he is. I, I mean, we've got him at three. So, like, I, and, I do and think And you he's had him at three, solid. too. You can't say it was just me. You had him there, too. I did. I had him at three there, too. And. You know, I, I do think it's because I don't have like the volume conviction in some of these other guys. Even though I do think they're very, very good, I just I know Hawkinson's probably gonna get like a hundred plus targets. Um, you know, I don't know how um efficient he's gonna be with his targets. Last year he was not super efficient with his work. I mean he had eighty six catches and it was not a thousand yards. So you know what? I mean, he's not Mark Andrews. He's not Travis Kelsey, but that does not mean he's bad. I think he is ascending, though. He's he's going that direction. He has gone up every single year, and he's going to keep that. Fair enough. Number four is Darren Waller. Um, I am, I'm, I'm very high on Darren Waller this year. Admittedly, um, I'm pretty high on it. You actually had him lower than this. I'm the reason we put him at four. I know, and I, I think the more I have thought about it. I would rather, like if push came to shove, I mean, we've got Waller at four, we've got George Kittle at five. If push came to shove, though, who am I going to take in an actual draft? I'm probably going to take Waller. I think you're. Well, he's going to go later in ADP That's true. than Kittle. And I That's prefer probably, him to Kittle anyway. Yeah, like if if Kittle and Waller are both on the clock in the sixth round, I think I would take Waller. Even though Kittle goes in the fifth round, Waller goes like end of sixth. 
if they're both there, I probably would take Waller straight up. Yeah, I think and it, he's the clear top weapon in his offense. Yeah, and that, that's where it is. It's just like I know for a fact he's going to be the number one option in his team's offense, and I don't know that that's the case with George Kittle. Even though he's going to be in a top five offense, it could be a you know, a Christian McCaffrey and a Brandon Ayuk week, or it could be a Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel week. Like Kittle could go four weeks without doing much of anything, whereas Waller, I think, is going to be very, very good every single week. Let's put it this way. I think George Kittle is the second best tight end in football. Yeah. But for fantasy, he's not going to be that way. Yeah. I agree. Which, that puts us at six. Brings us. And oh, we did, Kittle's at five. I don't know if we said that. Yeah, we, we have Kittle at five. Yeah. Um, at six, we've got Dallas Goddard. And you want to talk about a guy that is ascending, even though he's 28 years old. I think Dallas Goddard is probably the slept-on gem of the tight end position. Maybe because he was the most efficient uh, tight end last year on a per-catch basis. And his draft price just has not caught up to, I think, like, he goes... In the end of the seventh round, after Kittle, after Waller, um, and I know we have him ranked there, but like Goddard in the seventh round is, I think, one of the steals of fantasy. When you can get a tight end that you feel really comfortable starting every single week, he's probably the last guy that I feel super comfortable starting every single week. Yeah. I am good with that. Number seven. Kyle Pitts. Want to have him higher? Can't do it. I feel like we've made like our hay on Kyle Pitts stuff. We last season we talked bad about Kyle Pitts uh, every single week. We talked about Kyle Pitts very often. Just, and Taysom Hill. I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> I love, um, love, love, love Kyle Pitts in Dynasty still. I think yeah. he's not gonna be that good this year, I don't think. Well, the talent's there. We we will see. Love him in Dynasty. I think 2024 on, he's going to be fantastic. This year, hold your breath. Yeah, I'm a little concerned just because I don't know what uh, Desmond Ritter is. I don't know what the offense is. I know they Mm -hmm. want to run the ball, but I don't know what that means for Kyle Pitts and Drake London yet. I think moving forward, there is a real chance Atlanta is really bad this year. Arthur Smith is fired. We get a new quarterback and a new head coach. I think I would love that. That would be fantastic. I want... Either A, have a bad season, go get Drake May or Caleb Williams, B, and uh, 100% hire the Lions offensive coordinator. Go get him right now. Oh, yeah. What, what's that dude's name? Ben something. I can't Ben remember. Johnson, that's ben right. Ben Johnson, yep. Dude's or, incredible. Yeah. Or go trade for Kyler Murray and when the Cardinals inevitably get the 101 somehow. How would you feel if they traded for Trey Lance? Not good. Okay. Not good at all. I've seen that floated around. Not good. (laughs) Okay. We're going to avoid that one then. I I have seen that, and I have been wondering how you would feel about that one. Uh, Not happy if that happens. Not happy, Bob. Not one bit. Somebody needs to make me the GM of the Falcons. I'll I'll get us to the Super Bowl. You'll get it right. I'll get get us there. (laughs) Number eight. How about this? We're just going to go eight through 12. Yeah, this is easy. And then... 
If there's anything you want to say about it, go for it. Uh, at eight, we have Pat Frymuth. At nine, we have Evan Ingram. At 10, we have David Njoku. At 11, we have Greg Dulcich. And at 12, rounding out our top 12, is Cole Komet. Uh, 11 and 12, Greg Dulcich, Cole Komet, don't care. Evan Ingram, I'm higher on him than you are. I actually think Evan Ingram's sneaky to have a good year. He could, he's a guy I think could sneak into the top six or seven tight ends this year. He was good last year, really good. Um, I like David Njoku, too. I like Pat Fryermuth as a sneaker, sneaky in PPR leagues because they're going to dump the ball off to him a lot. Yeah, I think Pat Fryermuth is a pretty decent target if you're punting on the position because I think you can get him in like a 10th round right now or something yeah. like that. Which, I mean, that's a, that's a good spot to grab your punt tight end. Greg Dulcich also is... Because like when I'm looking at these guys, I'm thinking, okay, who can like explode and end up being a lot better than we thought he was going to be. For me, that's and I, Evan Ingram. For you, that's Evan Ingram. For me, it's Greg Dulcich. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I don't hate Evan Ingram being there. He was really good in stretches last season. Um, Again, but, you're punting on the position. Ingram's got the upside to win you a week. Yeah. I think it's because we've seen it. Like before last year, though, we looked at Evan Ingram as a meme. Yeah. But also, he's now on a what should be a good offense with a very good quarterback. I will say, though, Dulcich last year missed the first six weeks of the season with an injury, uh, was like in and out of training camp. and Well, he missed the first five weeks, sorry. And then he ended up finishing the season in 10 games with 411 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 12.5 yards per catch. Which, you know, you love TJ Hawkinson, but TJ Hawkinson has never averaged 12 yards a catch in a season. But we see him get 10 targets a game. We do. But if you give Greg Dulcich seven targets a game, he is a top six tight end. Yeah, but do you really believe in that? <laughs> do I believe he gets seven targets? I yeah. don't know. Now that they've lost all their receivers, I think it's very possible. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. And I mean, if you if you believe in the offensive resurgence, I think you believe in Greg Dulcich. We will see. Again, outside of the top three, pick your poison. Yeah, honestly, outside of like the top couple guys, I don't care. Mm-hmm. They all suck. Yep. Have fun with tight ends this year, guys. <laughs> That'll do it for this one. Uh, If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you leave a rating and a review wherever you are checking out the episode. Next week, we're coming back. We're doing a mock draft. It's going to be a good one. We're very excited about it. We'll see you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.